I learned a long time ago that if I really want to laugh, I, I need to learn to laugh at myself. I, uh, for those of you that are just joining, I came out to speak a while ago, and I thought something was wrong with the sound, sound and it was me that wasn't plugged into the power pack. I guess that's what happens when you're not plugged into the, to the power. Um, I had one more prayer request while I was back there. Someone texted me and, and asked us to pray for a man who's broken this morning and uh, is uh, going through a healing process, spiritually broken. So I'd like to take some time and just pray for that right now. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray for this, this man who's broken, who is uh, trying to get on a path back to wholeness to you, Lord. One of total dependency on you, God. And I pray that he'll stay steadfast and stay focused. I say these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, if you want to turn uh, with me to your message notes, if you want to get those out, we're going to re uh, stay in this series today of, of rethinking your life. We've been looking at some key areas in our life to give us a, a new and, and, and fresh perspective, uh, of God's perspective on rethinking our life. And, and it's, uh, we use the word repentance. Repentance is just a word that means to change your mind, that we learn to see it from God's point of view. And, and that's repentance. You know, and, and I invite you to go back and, and listen to the podcast or the live streams. Uh, but we're in part 10 right now, but they're all listening. You can go back and, and catch up. This week and, and next week, uh, we're going to look at how we change the way we think about temptation. Because lots of times I found myself over the years getting stuck in this cycle of good intentions, then failure, and then guilt, and then good intentions, and then failure, and then guilt. This over and over and over. And this is not a cycle that God wants us to live in. And so today and, and next Sunday, we're going to look at how to win over persistent temptation here's what i do know and i have found out over the years is to win is not by resisting temptation it's by rethinking how you actually see temptation and these next couple of sundays it's going to be a very uh, practical message because there may be some areas in your life that that you habitually stumble you know what i'm saying is that something come to your mind when i say that whether it's anger or, or, or envy or gossip, impatience, the list can go on and on. I think it will be a good help for all of us from God's Word today. So I want you to get a pen, take some notes, and let's look at the reasons for rethinking how we look at how to win over persistent temptations. I'm going to give you nine biblical reasons. We're only going to talk about five uh, quickly today. So what does the Bible say if I want victory 
over these areas in my life, if I want victory over these habits or, or the, the, the temptations, how to break that cycle. Real quick, number one, the first thing we have to do is understand how temptation works. We got to understand how temptation works. See, you and me, we can't defeat temptation if we don't understand how it works. Now, the only good thing that I can say uh, about Satan is that he doesn't have any new ideas. He's been using the same temptations over and over for years, from Adam and Eve to you and me. He's been, he doesn't need any new ones. It seems like the old ones are working, but he doesn't have any new. There's no new strategy. And that's why the Bible says that God doesn't want us to be ignorant while Satan is, is trying to work in our life. Because when you understand how he works, you can actually see it coming. So the key is not resisting those temptations, but rethinking and knowing how to respond to what you know is a predictable pattern that is going to be tempting you, that Satan is going to use to tempt you. The pattern is in the third chapter of Genesis. Genesis. This is the first temptation that he gives to Eve. He says, you know, look at all this good fruit on, on, on the tree out here. You know, did God really say don't eat this? Go ahead and try it. It's not going to kill you. You'll actually become a god yourself. See, that's a pattern that Satan still uses today in our lives. Now, it's on your outline. I wrote this on your outline, the pattern of temptation right here under this. And every temptation goes through, through these four steps. We need to understand it. Step one. Now, it would be a wrong desire. We're going to... We're talking about desire here. Desire. A wrong desire inside of me. Now, wrong desire could be envy. It could be lust. It could be, be gossip, impatience, revenge. These are all wrong desires. But I'm going to tell you something. Temptation can actually start with the right desire. But it is a temptation to fulfill the right desire in the wrong way or the wrong time. Like the desire for food, sex, to be loved. There's nothing wrong with these desires. But when we have to uh, have these desires and they to be met in the wrong way in the wrong time, then it becomes the temptation. Temptation takes something that's, that's just routine in your life and turns it into a runaway train. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's all you think about, this temptation. I'm going to tell you something, guys. Any desire, any desire, even the good ones that are out of control can be destructive. Let me say that again. Any desire, even the good ones that are out of control, can be destructive. After the desires come step two. 
Step two, the, the little thing he uses is to doubt God's word. You know, did God really say don't do this? Did God really say don't get even? Did God really say don't have sex outside of marriage? You see, Satan tries to get you and me to question God's word. Then he substitutes the doubt with deception. Remember what I told you a couple of weeks ago. Behind every sin, behind every sin I commit is a lie that I believed. Behind every sin that I commit is a lie that I believe. So it, it, it leads into step three, deception. Deception. We start thinking, I know what will make me happy more than God does. It's a lie. Everyone is doing it. It's a lie. Times are different, Jim. It's a lie. No problem. It's not that bad. They're lies. And then it, when you believe the deception, it leads into step four, disobedience. By the time you're at step four and in disobedience, you're hooked. You're hooked. You're hooked and defeated. Well, what's the next thing you need to know? How to win over persistent temptations. you got to know what makes you vulnerable. I wrote what make you got to know what makes me vulnerable because this is different for each and every one of us. What makes you give in to temptation and to sin? Ephesians 4:27 says, "Do not give the devil a foothold. Don't give the devil a place in your life that he can start leveraging to tempt you and to get you messed up and to get you just just out of whack." I'm going to tell you the most, do you know the most, most common foothold that, that Satan gets into your life? You might want to write this down. The most common foothold that Satan gets in your life is this, any negative emotion. Any negative emotion. You've just given Satan a foothold in your life and you're vulnerable to temptation. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, Guard your heart, for it affects everything that you do. You see, your heart is the center of your emotions. I'm going to tell you something, guys. To defeat, this is kind of a topsy-turvy here. To, to defeat temptation, you don't focus on your behavior, what you're about to do. Instead, you want to identify the thoughts that you're having and the feelings that, that come out of those thoughts. Don't focus on the behavior. Focus on the thoughts and the feelings that come out of those because that's how Satan hooks you. Not your behavior, but your thoughts. It's in your mind that, that causes emotion, that causes you to, to get hooked, causes you to be defeated and to give in. Satan, Satan plays with our emotions every day of, of our lives. He is a master manipulator of our moods, our emotions. And once he's got you emotionally involved, you're done. 
stick a fork in you. You are done once he's got you emotionally evolved. You know, because behavior is going to happen once your emotions have kicked in. You are far more vulnerable when you have certain emotions in your life than during other times. And sometimes it just doesn't bother you at all. You're not emotionally hooked. But when certain, each one of us have certain negative emotions start rising in our life, we're getting set up by Satan for a downfall. Now this morning, real quick, we're going to take like a spiritual EKG, uh, a, a kind of a heart checkup, and uh, to see where your current emotional status is. Because I, as your pastor, I love you. I don't want you to be vulnerable. I don't want you to be vulnerable. Now, I, I've listed about, about 10 of these things or something like that. And uh, I, I want you to, to score these. I've got the, the negative um, emotions uh, on the left. Or actually, I think you may be seeing them on the top. And the positive emotions on the bottom. Then I've got the numbers 0, 1, 2, 3, and 4. Now, wherever you're at, I want to score yourself the lower numbers being the negative, the higher numbers being the positive. Then at the end, we're going we're gonna to add those up. The first one I've got here is, is the negative emotion is physically exhausted. Then the positive, you know, am I more physically exhausted or am I more energetic and in shape? Now score yourself. Zero, one, two, three, four. Zero side being closer to physically exhausted. Or four, energetic and shaped like myself. So score yourself one of those numbers. Then the next one is, uh, am I more discouraged or pessimistic? Or am I more encouraged and optimistic? Score yourself there. Am I more bored or discontented? Or challenged and contented? Am I more spiritually dry and empty? Or am I spiritually growing? Am I more lonely and, or, or, or distant? Than, or do I feel loved and close? Am I more insecure and unsure? Or am I confident and secure? Am I deeply wounded or hurt, understood or valued? Am I holding on to unforgiveness? Or have I forgiven everyone? Am I sad or grieving a loss? Or do I feel happy? Am I frustrated? Or am I fulfilled and productive? Now I want you to add those up real quick. It shouldn't take you too long. There's just 10 of them. So add those up real quick. Real quick. And, you know, I want you to be thinking about this too. Some of these emotions, when they, they're mixed up, you know, everybody's going to be different. They're a potent mix for temptation. Well, here, here, here's, and, and that's when you're the most vulnerable. Now, look, if you guys had a score of 35 to 40, you're in great shape emotionally. Now, if you scored between 25 and 35, you're vulnerable. As your pastor, I love you, and I want you to, I want you to be careful. You're easy picking, as we used to say growing up, for Satan to tempt you. If you scored 15 to 25, 
you're in extreme danger. You're in extreme danger. You're set up for a big, big fall. And if you scored less than 15, you're in a crisis. You're in an absolute crisis. You may not even know that you're in a crisis. I urge you to get help. I urge you to get, get counseling. The more vulnerable you are emotionally, the more vulnerable you are to falling to temptation. The stronger you are, the less vulnerable you are to temptation. Now, I think a question I need to ask you, how long you been in this situation? How long you been in this, this status? Especially if you're in the zero to 15 school. The longer you've been there, the more vulnerable you're going to become. Now, leads to number three. What else do I need to do? I need to learn my pattern of temptation. We all have patterns. They're all unique. We have a unique pattern of temptation. Things that tempt you that don't tempt other people. You, you know, things that, that, that tempt other people that tempt you. Everybody's different. But Satan understands this pattern. So you better understand that pattern so that he can't use it against you. Because if you do understand it, you can identify the problems in advance. And you can avoid the situation that causes the temptation. By the way, that's called wisdom. Proverbs uh, 14.8 says, The wise man looks ahead. A fool tries to fool himself and won't face the fact. You just won't face the fact. That's foolishness. Wise, mature people are self-aware of their patterns because it allows you to say no. But saying no to temptation isn't just saying no to temptation. It's saying no before you get to the place that you can't say no to the temptation. How do you do this? There's some questions you got to ask yourself real quick. Get your pencil out. How do you do this? You ask yourself, when am I most tempted? When am I most tempted? When am I most tempted? Might be a day of the week. It may be a time of the day. I've told you guys before, I'm most tempted. I'm most tempted on Monday. I've identified that. I'm most tempted in the evenings after 7.30 when I'm tired. You really don't want to fool with me after 7.30. Make that 7. I'm tired. I'm tired. I don't want to, I don't want to discuss much. Then you got to ask, where am I most tempted? Is it work? Is it in the kitchen? Am I tempted at my neighbor's? Am I tempted at the convenience store? Am I tempted at a sports bar 
on my computer at the beach. You see, wherever you're tempted at, you need to avoid those places. Avoid those places. Another question is, who is with me when I'm most tempted? Who is with me? My mother, being Mother's Day, always cautioned me about who I was running around with. Who is with me? It could be that you're alone is, is when you're most tempted. You don't need to be alone. Not during those tempting times. Remember the wind question? But then you could be very well like I was. People drew you into it. Or at least I blamed it on them to tell my mom. What? The next question. It's a very important question. What temporary benefit do I get if I give in? What temporary benefit do I get when I give in? If I say yes. What causes me to say yes? Is it comfort? Is it relief? Is it excitement? Is it confidence? The writer in the book of Hebrews says, pleasure in sin is for a moment. Just a moment. Then another question, the last one I'll give you is this. How do I feel right before I'm tempted? You got to know this. How do I feel? Do I feel fearful? Am I just bored? Am I just angry right before I'm tempted? Am I lonely? Can't sleep? How do I feel? You got to identify those five questions. If you want to, to win over persistent temptation. Number four, then you got to plan to avoid those situations. Plan to avoid those situations. You know, what, what I'm saying is this. If I don't want to get stung, then I don't go near the bees. I just don't go near the bees. Proverbs 4, 26, 27, plan carefully what you do. Avoid evil and walk straight ahead. Don't go one step off the right way. Avoid evil. Some of us, me included, need to memorize this verse. This thing of planning ahead is just common sense. It's just common sense. If you're, if you're serious about dieting, take some happy, I mean, not happy. Take some healthy snacks with you when you go somewhere. You know, if you struggle with alcohol, don't go to a bar to watch a game. You, you know, just don't. If, if you struggle with porn, don't go where they sell it. Block stuff on your computer. Get a block on your phone. Block some channels on TV. Plan ahead. Plan ahead. Now, I know sometimes you get blindsided by temptation. I know that's what some of you were thinking already. But sometimes it just happens. I didn't know that store sold that. You may lose your temper easily. And say mean, stupid stuff. 
pretty easy. Kids get on your nerves. Your co-workers aren't doing right. Your boss is a goon. You know, you need an emergency tactic. You need a, a break the glass in case of emergency kit. It's going to be number five. Cry out to God and quote scripture. Cry out to God and quote scripture. Now when I say quote scripture, quote scripture to yourself, not the person. But cry out to God. Sometimes in an emergency situation, you ain't got time to have a long conversation with God. One of the best prayers that I have in my pocket that I use is help. Help. God, this ain't where I want to be right now. Lord, I'm about to lose my temper. And then I'm going to do something stupid. I'm going to say something stupid. Help me. Mayday. SOS. Help. Danger, Will Robinson. I just dated myself with that, I know. Psalm 50, 15 says, Call to me when trouble comes, and I will save you. He will save us if we just call out. Why can I expect God to save? I'll tell you why. Because he's sympathetic. He's sympathetic. Hebrews 4, 15 to 16, Jesus said, under, Jesus understands our weaknesses, for he faced the same temptations that we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and grace to help us when we need it. Jesus went through the same temptations that, that we do. Jesus went through the same ones that, that we're going to go through. But I found it interesting. He was tempted, but he never sinned. I want to tell you as your pastor, it's not a sin to be tempted. It's not a sin to be tempted. So just because you're tempted, don't be intimidated by it. Don't be, be scared by it. And I want to tell you something. I don't care how long you've been a Christian, 40, 50 years or 40 or 50 minutes, you're not going to, to outgrow the temptation. You see, it's a sin to give in to the temptation. This is what I put on my Facebook status. You're not responsible for the thoughts that Satan puts in your mind, but you are responsible for what you do with them. I'm going to say that one more time. I thought it was pretty good. You're not responsible for the thoughts that Satan puts in your mind, but you are responsible for what you do with them. You see, you don't have to choose to dwell on them. I was telling the guys this morning a quote by Martin Luther. He said this, you can keep the bird, you, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head. But you can keep them from making a nest in your hair. 
So don't be intimidated by the temptations. Don't be intimidated by the thoughts. Don't feel guilty from it. Satan uses those. And by the way, the closer you get to God, the more Satan's going to throw at you. I think every growing Christian can tell you that. The closer you get to him, the more he's going to throw at you. Then what do you do? You remember God's word. One of the best tools. Psalm 119.11 says, I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart so that I won't sin. Memorize. Hide some scripture in your mind. I've told you guys before, I'm a, I, was, I used to be a very fearful man. Fear controlled my life. Of fear of failure, just, just fear of anything. And, and I found this verse, Psalm 27, 1, you know, it said, uh, for the Lord is my salvation, whom shall I fear? And so when I, I have to walk out of my house now at dark, or when I walk into the diner early in the morning, you know, at dark, I quote scripture and I quote it out loud. For the Lord is my salvation, whom shall I fear? And fear dissipates. It's gone. Now I have to be, you, you know, honest. For a long time I'd say, for the Lord is my salvation, who shall I fear? And I would say it loud. And I would say, just in case you're not a Christian, I got a Glock. And I said that is funny because it eased me. It comforted me to be funny. Several, a couple, three years ago, I had a meeting with the, the, the superintendent. They, they called and told me that if I could just come right after I got to the diner and, and it was about the uh, purchase of the elementary school. Well, as soon as we, we closed, I didn't have time to go home and change, clean up nothing. I, I went right down there. Here I am meeting this guy, and it was a it was a business trip. Of, of I, I knew I needed to impress him somehow, or I thought I did. And and here I go down there, and I I didn't think. And as I was walking toward the door, I looked down, and I had these old ugly Croc sandals on, no socks, biscuit flour all over them. I had shorts on. And I had my work shirt on, and I smelled like hamburger meat. And I said, I'm really going to make an impression at the North Point Church. I began to get fearful of failing, failing the church, and that's you guys. So what I do, before I hit those doors, I said, for the Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? I'd like to say I, I did good that day. But God prevailed. We had a deal on that school in the 10 minutes. God is good. Get you some scripture. Get you, you know, get in that Bible. I'm telling you, the more of the Bible that you get in your mind, the more defenses that you're going to have against temptation. You're going to have against it. Um, the more you're going to be able to uh, tell the difference between truth and lies. Just You don't have to memorize the whole Bible. Just get you some that if, if anger is your problem, get you some that, that, that deal with anger and memorize it. You can't take the Bible with you all the time, but you can take part of it when you hide it in your heart. Now let me pray for y'all. 
malor. This, uh, this is practical. And I'm so glad that you're a practical guy. Temptations are something that each and every one of us deal with. Lots of times in different areas. There's all kinds of things that are hurting our families and, and destroying our lives that, that are unique to someone else. But I, I pray for this man that I talked to this week that's, that's dealing with, I know it's going to sound silly to some folks, but he's dealing with those ding-ding machines. He's pouring all his time and, and money in there. Lord, I ask him to avoid those stores. Lord, in, in, in an alcoholic, I pray that he avoid those places where he can buy the alcohol, that he avoid those times when he's lonely, that he seeks you. I pray for the, the man that has a default to lie. I pray that he seeks the truth. All kind of stuff that came across my desk and my phone this week. So Lord, I, I, I figure it must be in some of the others in our church too. So Lord, I pray this helps. And Lord, I ask you now to take these, these, this music that these men are about to play and let it permeate and rest on us for your glory. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.